Politics, sports, entertainment? Yeah, we've got that. It's WKOK Sunrise on News Radio 1070 WKOK and WKOK.com. Thank you so much for joining us on WKOK Sunrise, uh, taking fabulous care of us. <laughs> With or without equipment participating in that uh, fabulosity is Mr. Rob Center on the other side of the glass. We appreciate his help and uh, hard work. On the news line with us now, movie Mike McGranahan, professional movie critic. His website, com. Do as I do. Follow him on Twitter, at Seat, And his appearance is sponsored by the Campus Theater, Lewisburg. Good morning, Mike. Thanks for calling in today. Thank you, and it is a good morning because I found out yesterday I'm going to get my first dose of the COVID vaccine next week. So, uh, very excited. I hope everybody listening is able to get there soon, too. Oh, well, fabulous. Yeah, you got to sign up and uh, get your medical conditions squared away or whatever it happens to be. So, yeah, good for you. Well, thank you uh, for that update. Good luck. Have fun. And uh, as Arnold Schwarzenegger, famous movie character, once said, after you get the first one, what do you say when you leave the room? I'll be back. Right. Well said. Thank you. Uh, let's start out first. News of the world. Tell me about this movie. Tom Hanks making a Western is about as expected as Adam Sandler making a Victorian-era drama, but news of the world really works. Set shortly after the Civil War, the movie casts Hanks as a former captain in the military who now travels from town to town publicly reading the newspaper. In other words, he's the original Internet. One day he encounters a 10-year-old girl who had been the captive of a tribe since she was an infant and is now on her own. He reluctantly agrees to take her halfway across Texas to be with some relatives. Along the way, the two face a variety of dangers, including some very bad men who want the girl for even worse things. News of the World has some exciting scenes, including a shootout, an encounter with a nasty militia, and a sequence involving a dust storm. There's also a really touching relationship between Hanks and the kid. They don't speak the same language, yet learn to trust and support each other. At this point, saying that Tom Hanks gives a great performance feels redundant, because of course he does. But he really is terrific here, playing a character unlike any he's played before. All of those qualities make News of the World one of the best, most engrossing westerns of recent years. On a scale of one to four, I give it three and a half, Forrest Gumps. Wow, okay. Well, I saw the trailer. It, it didn't look spectacular, but you're saying all of this stuff gets glued together fabulously. Yeah, very much so. The film was directed by Paul Greengrass, who worked with Hanks on another movie a few years ago called Captain Phillips. And they work really well together. They come up with these interesting stories, and there's tension, and there's character development, and it really pulls you in. So I enjoyed this movie quite a bit. And uh, tell me about this young lady. Uh, have we seen her before? Uh, no, they got a new actress to play her. I don't have her name here in front of me, unfortunately. Um, but she's also very good, too. You know, it's hard to get good performances out of children sometimes. Her character doesn't speak a lot during the movie. does a lot with her eyes uh, and showing you what her character's feeling. But it's just an interesting dynamic there between the two of them because Hanks' character falls into his role as protector and really wants to take care of this girl, and they face some things along the way that he realizes they may not survive. So a lot of tension there, but also at the heart of it, a nice relationship between two strangers who find something in common. And uh, this is uh, Hanks makes the most out of the material? Absolutely. Like I said, he, he gives a great performance in everything. You could never say Tom Hanks was bad in a film. Uh, <laughs> but he really is, is very, very good here. And in the scenes where he's reading the news in particular, he gets to bring a little bit of that Tom Hanks charm because the character is a storyteller, and he tries to bring the news alive for people. But then in other scenes, uh, the character's a little darker, and there's a scene towards the end that's very emotional that requires him to show a lot of sadness and grief and loss. 
so he goes through a whole range of emotions here, and as always, Tom Hanks is just perfect. Helena Zango is uh, what one of our good textures sends us a message, the name of the young lady, and they, that was they promise we'll see lots of her in the future. Okay, 3.5, what was your measure? Or scumps. Four scumps. Oh, of course. Yes. Yeah, sorry, Tom Hanks. Yeah. Other and this movie is is currently in theaters, but it is also now simultaneously available on demand. So if you don't want to go to a theater to see it, you can watch it from home. All right. So that leads us right into. I always ask you about the movie houses. How are we making out? We got that HBO Max, you know, simultaneous thing going on. Tell us about them. Well, movie theaters had really banked on the vaccine being distributed widely enough by spring that they'd be able to start rolling out the big blockbusters again and of course we're not quite there with the vaccine yet and so we're starting to see this next mass exodus of blockbuster movies uh, there was a, a lot of developments overnight the james bond movie no time to die was set to open on april 2nd after being bumped from last april it's now coming out october 18th meanwhile ghostbusters afterlife has been pushed from june 11th to november 11th so there's been going to be more than a year's delay for these movies, and the fact that uh, the spring and early summer movies are starting to push back even further suggests that more will come, and that will not be good for theaters. They've been trying to hold on until spring. Now it looks like they're going to have to hold on until summer or fall. And how are theaters doing? They are open. You just said that. So do they have a scattering of people at most of the movies? Yeah, most theaters have a capacity limit. I believe our local AMC is only selling 10% of the tickets available. So uh, you're not in there with very many people if you go. But it's hard to do any substantial business with those kinds of caps, fewer showtimes a day. So theaters are really, really struggling to hold on right now. All right, and but most are trying to hold on. Like AMC says, okay, we'll be back. We're going to endure this. We hope to be around. Yeah, AMC working feverishly. Of course, they've had some financial problems outside of the coronavirus, but they're working very, very hard to stay afloat. I don't know what's going to happen. They're trying to raise a lot of capital that they need, but they had this goal, again, of spring, and now if they're going to have to try to hold on longer than that, it's going to be even more difficult for them. So uh, fingers crossed that they will get through this. Okay, well, you know, I, I hate to see something happen to the movie houses in general. Hard enough to go get to a movie where you get into a big theater anymore. So I certainly hope that they are around in the years ahead. Okay, so we'll keep an eye on that. Anything else that's new this week that uh, is uh, popping up on demand or uh, perhaps at a theater? No, this was actually a very, very slow week, uh, partially due to COVID. Nothing major debuting on demand. No other movies opening in the theater this week. So uh, that's a good reason then to see News of the World, because if you're starved for something of high quality to see, there's one that you can see wherever you choose to watch it. Now, it makes perfect sense during a pandemic when movie theater houses are going down that someone would start a new movie theater or a movie studio. Who is starting a new studio? Yes, after more than four decades uh, as launching a, I'm sorry, more than four decades after launching as a horror magazine, Fangoria is taking its scares into new territory as it launches Fangoria Studios, and they will be developing film, TV, and podcast projects. So this is really exciting. If you're like me, I remember being a teenager and, and just devouring Fangoria Magazine, which is devoted to horror. And it's really a publication that takes horror very seriously, which is why it appeals to fans. And the fact that they're going to do a studio now and try to develop some movies, that tells me that they're going to be shooting for high-quality, ambitious horror. And that's really exciting. 
Well, please elaborate. I mean, first of all, what's a horror podcast? Well, that would be a, you know, a podcast devoted to horror-related subjects. Could be talking about specific movies or uh, interviews with celebrities who appear in a lot of horror movies. Uh, but the, the TV projects, I'm sure, will please fans of TV, but I'm personally excited about their movie projects because Fangoria is known for being run by people who have a genuine passion and respect for the horror genre. And so that tells me that they're going to try to do something smart. They're not just going to crank out a bunch of dumb sequels or cheapo horror movies with gimmicks and things. They're going to be aiming to elevate horror and to show, show it at its peak of what it can really be. And uh, anybody who loves horror movies, I think, should be excited by that because the genre, at least on the studio front, the major studio front, tends to be very boring and repetitive. There's lots of great stuff being done independently. And I think Fangoria has a high enough profile that they'll be able to take some of those kinds of movies and really get them in front of more people. And I've seen their work already. Uh, did you ever read Fangoria magazine when you were growing up? <laughs> no, I was a mad magazine guy. Okay, well, I read that one too. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Fangoria's been around forever as, as a magazine and uh, has meant so much to so many. I think that's the part that cannot be underestimated. I mean, more than 40 years of publishing as a horror magazine. It's had a lot of fans over the years, myself included. So, uh, big news that they're starting their own studio. I've been reading Time magazine since I was a child, so I've <laughs> <laughs> been stuck on current events. Okay, uh, let's see. One other thing, uh, a Willy Wonka pre prequel is in the works. Tell us about that. Uh, yeah, Warner Brothers announced that Wonka, which is an origin story focusing on the chocolate factory owner, will hit theaters March 17th 2023, and that will come from Paddington director Paul King. So I'm not a big fan of prequels generally. There are some that are okay, but I always sort of feel like if what happened before the main story was interesting, it would have been included in the main story. You know, does anybody really care that much about what Willy Wonka was doing before he gave the chocolate factory to the kid? I don't think so, but uh, we'll see. We'll give the movie a fair chance when it opens in two years. <laughs> I think you might be predisposed with extra skepticism, so we'll make sure you stay objective. All right. Well, Movie Mike, anything else cooking in the entertainment or movie world out there this morning? Uh, starting one week from today, I will be covering the Sundance Film Festival, so if you go to my website, com, I will have continuing coverage from the festival. Okay, we'll miss you next Friday, but we'll, we'll have a recorded review of something new that's out there, so we'll play that on the radio, and we'll be thinking about you out at Sundance, or well, covering it while you're doing that. Thank you, sir. Hey, thank you. Very much appreciate it. Movie Mike McGranahan, professional movie critic, reviewing news of the world, giving it three and a half forest gumps. As we always say to Movie Mike, we'll see you at the movies. His appearance sponsored by the Campus Theater, campustheater.org.